0: Nour Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nour Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Mohammed. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 181 of the Nora Speaks podcast. I am so happy that you have joined me for another episode. I'm grateful for you to be a part of my listening audience. And if you are a returning listener, I'm especially grateful because that means that something that you heard in a prior episode resonated with you and uh, has impacted you enough or, or, or you have found me credible enough. To return and listen to another episode. And if you are not already a subscriber to the NeuroSpeaks podcast, I encourage you to subscribe on the app that you are using to listen to podcasts. You can subscribe, you can leave me a comment, a rating. You can follow me on social media at NeuroSpeaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm always, always interested in hearing your feedback and your thoughts about an episode that you've heard or a uh, comment about the podcast in general. And I'm ready to just jump into episode 181. And this episode is called When Do Words Matter? And I thought to pose this question to this listening audience, as it's something that I've thought about, and I hope it's something that you will think about. And maybe you can share this episode or have conversations based on what you hear in this episode with your family, with your friends, and with your children, your nieces, those who you are mentoring and having an impact on, especially our young people. So when do words matter? Now let's look at what's happened in the last year, year and a half, as we are not just navigating the pandemic the impact of COVID nineteen, but we are also navigating a a virtual landmine in terms of what um, notable people are saying and how that uh, is impacting them, especially de- in dealing with our cancel culture that we have uh, right now in the United States of America. And so we saw words matter when Nick Cannon. Uh, said something that um, was improper, or something that misrepresented how the Jewish community uh, reports and sees and and understands history. They certainly uh, let him know swiftly that your words matter, and you have to get it right, or there's going to be consequences. And we recall that Nick Cannon was pulled off the air. Nick Cannon. Um, went and got some education uh, and, and, and made some partnerships and also made some apologies about the words that he said that caused harm to people. Words mattered then. Now we can see that words matter when Whoopi Goldberg says something that is incongruent with how history has been reported. Words matter. And Whoopi Goldberg is... Um, Um, suffering the consequences or or paying the penalty for saying something that many people um, have reported to her and 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 to others to her network that what she said was hurtful it was hurtful and it's not just hurtful but it can lead others to engage in behaviors uh, that are hateful and it can uh uh, create the conditions where others find it permissible to engage in hate speech or um, engage in anti Semitic conduct. So, Whoopi Goldberg very quickly learned that her words mattered. Felicia Rashad, when she uh, made a statement about her thoughts and feelings about what's happened with Bill Cosby through his trials. Of uh, improper conduct with women, his criminal trial. When Felicia Rashad Rashad spoke her mind and, and and expressed her viewpoint, she quickly found out that words mattered, because at the institution where she is a dean, they wanted to get rid of Felicia Rashad uh, because folks felt at the time those words mattered and those words were uh, hurtful and and were not suitable for someone to sit in the capacity of higher education, being a dean, and having influence over what occurs with women. Felicia Rashad uh, was an example that words mattered. Right now, Spotify is dealing with Joe Rogan and his use of language and 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 the guests that he brings on his show to talk about covid nineteen and And there have been uh, videos that have surfaced. Apparently, I haven't went and watched any where he has apparently used the N-word in numerous episodes. And I believe I saw the report where there were 100, excuse me, over 100. I believe I I may have read 160, 160 episodes were pulled from Spotify because of his use of a racial slur. So right now, Joe Rogan is being shown that words matter. Nicki Minaj, when she tweeted about the potential side effects of uh, receiving the COVID-19 vaccination, very quickly, our people and others came out against her comments, uh, so much so that even uh, Anthony Fauci made a statement about what uh, Nicki Minaj tweeted about COVID-19 and the vaccine. So what did we learn from that? We learned that words matter. Right now, in uh, states in this country, there are legislators who are uh, writing bills to um, monitor the language that is used in schools, classrooms, curriculum, um, textbooks, library books. There are families, parents, there are legislators, there are governors who are advancing bills so that critical race theory or the idea that there is a system of Uh, discriminatory practices that negatively impact one group of people and at creates an advantage for another group of people there they are concerned about the words that students are being exposed to even so much not just students but even in employee training programs employee training manuals employee training videos words matter so much that they're passing legislation that would uh, monitor the use of language that mentions discrimination, that may make others feel bad because (laughs) words matter. So my question to my community, to my brothers and to my sisters, is do words matter when they are vulgar, and sexually explicit and they're coming with a beat and a very colorful video do, do words matter when record record executives pump a uh, filthy vulgar and provocative language to our young people do words matter when we have entertainers and artists who are uh, promoting Drug use and drug abuse, do, do words matter then? Do we not concern ourselves because we're apathetic, because we're indifferent? Do we not care about the words that record executives are promoting to our young people? And I know I've talked about this on the neurospeaks Speaks podcast before, but I thought it was relevant to bring up in light of all that we're seeing. Throughout American culture, where they are saying, hold on, because words matter, you can't say that. You can't write that. This book can't be in the school library. This can't be in the school curriculum, right? You're a talk show host. You can't use words like that. You can't uh, describe history in such a manner as you did because words matter. Well, black folks do words matter. When it comes to the language that we expose our most vulnerable, our most impressionable demographic to, do words matter you know I did some research uh one time about the use of repetition and how repetition is a tool that's used to persuade right let's 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 think about people who want to persuade we have advertising executives and and marketing um, folks they they want to uh, persuade us we have politicians they want to persuade us right now we have public health officials and they want to persuade us to engage in behaviors or to consume products right apple they want to persuade us samsung they want to persuade us right well what tool do they use in their persuasive tactics they use repetition right so we hear the same messaging over and over and over and there are key reasons why the use of persuasion is effective number one the more somebody repeats something and if they repeat it often enough the more likely we begin to see them as an expert in the message that they're bringing right that's one reason why repetition is important Another reason why repetition is important is because when we hear something um, the first time, the message doesn't resonate. But when we hear it over and over and over and over again, the message starts to resonate with us. Think of a song. There have been times when we have heard a song. We didn't like it. We didn't care for it. But then we begin hearing it so much because the the, the way that the algorithms are in music and radio stations is that they loop the same song over and over. And now we find ourselves nodding, uh, uh, snapping our fingers, tapping our toes. We find ourselves singing the song that we disliked when we first heard it. It's because we heard it so many times. The use of repetition Another reason why uh, repetition is used because it's so persuasive, It's, it's the way that the human brain functions. The more that our brain perceives something that's repeated, the more likely it is to perceive that information as being true. And the more that we are exposed to something that's foreign, whether it's a concept, an idea, people, The more we are exposed through that repetition, the more comfortable we become with it. And there's a term that they use or a phrase. It's called the mere effect, M-E-R-E, the mere effect, which means that the more uh, we are around something, the more we're exposed to something or someone, the more attractive that becomes to us, the more we're exposed to someone or to a message the more we like that thing, that message, or that person, right? So having proximity, having exposure, having repetition, we become familiar with that idea, with that person. And then we use it in marketing. I'm talking about repetition. We use it in politics, right? Public health health officials use it we use it in education that's how I learned my multiplication (laughs) facts because of repetition and so it became to the point where I don't have to think or do math to figure out three times three I practiced it and learned it so much that I know it's nine without having to do any math right because I learned it through repetition and so if we can be persuasive and convincing and we can um um Uh, change behavior, right? We can change inclination. We can make people more accepting of ideas through repetition. What do we think is happening when we repetitiously expose our children to uh, music that is telling them to pop pills, to use drugs, to shoot guns, to, uh, to be sexually promiscuous, to be a prostitute to, to use men or to use sex to get bags, to get boots, to get cars, to get cell phones purchased for us. This is what these entertainers are pumping out and our children, our young people. They're consuming it. And because they have heard it and been exposed to it so much, it's common to them. It's common that our young people are listening to to music with very sexually explicit language and we're not flinching we are not flinching shouldn't we find something wrong with this and why is it that this is permissible only in so-called urban music in urban culture why are we allowing this and so my question is are we just apathetic Right. Because words matter. We've been seeing this for the last year and a half. Words matter. But record executives and those with agendas in in, in guiding the young black mind away from productivity, away from self-respect and respect for kind, they are directing us to be so callous, And to be so unfeeling and to be so unflinching that with something as explicit and provocative as music that's um, produced by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and many, many others, not just them, that that is just uh, normal. And and we have allowed uh, pornified music or pornographic music become normalized in our culture. You know something else that's interesting is the use of mantras, right? So when we're trying to help people change their negative concept about themselves or we're trying to get somebody excited or 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 develop a strong belief in self and their abilities, right? Then we encourage them to use mantras where they repeat something some word or some phrase that's affirming, that's positive. We encourage them to say these phrases, say these words daily, uh, multiple times throughout the day, to engage in this practice repetitiously so that they can change their mindset with the use of words. So if we can alter our thinking, our thoughts about ourselves, our thoughts about our abilities, our thoughts about our worthiness, by repeating a mantra, what is happening when our young girls are repeating the lyrics of a Cardi B song, are repeating the lyrics of a Megan The, the Stallion song? Now, I, I'm not a fan of calling people out. I'm not a. I, I'm not someone who condemns our people. However, what I'm condemning here is the product that these people are promoting to our young people. It, it's awful and it's hurtful. And if we can repair our thinking with the repetition of positive words, do we not consider that we're damaging our minds, damaging the minds of our young people with the negative language the negative lyrics, the negative content that's being saturated in the black community through urban culture, through urban media by these record executives. I mean, you know, quite frankly, I don't I don't expect a record record executive to care about what's happening with our children, but I do expect us to care. And we have become so callous. We are now cheering these Women on and cheering our girls on when they consume this garbage and then regurgitate it back to us. And we want to repackage this nonsense as empowerment. I don't think so. And somebody has to say something about it. We have to adamantly reject this. We have to put something in the minds of our young people that's going to empower them not just to do something for self, but to love each other and to love themselves. And what we are allowing them to consume in modern culture is doing just the opposite. And uh, we we need to be speaking out about it. And quite frankly, I don't hear anyone speaking out about it. I mean, there are folks who have greater access than me. They have louder microphones than me. And they're quiet about this. But when Nicki Minaj talked about what happened with someone that she knows after receiving a COVID-19 vaccination, Now we're concerned with what Nicki Minaj is saying. I think we're too late. Nicki Minaj has said far worse than talking about some COVID-19 vaccination. And we were quiet. And we were quiet. But for us to come out and say, hold up, Nicki, you can't be talking about the vaccine that way. That shows that we know words matter. But we don't care when it's coming through the earbuds or this radio speaker into the minds of our youth. So we're, we're just mixed up. We're turned around. We're backwards. And this is evidenced by how quiet we are with the garbage that is coming to our young people. And we don't raise a finger. We don't raise an eyebrow. And we don't raise our voice. And that's unacceptable. So your sister, Sister Nora Muhammad, I'm raising my voice. And I'm saying that we have to do better. And if we don't, we are damning our young people to a very, very, very difficult time. Very difficult time. How can we encourage our young women to be truly empowered through love of self and knowledge of self? And they and we allow them in their formative years to reduce themselves to whores? That's not acceptable. How can we expect greatness from our young men, for them to be strong men, for them to be providers, for them to be protectors? Because we say men ain't, you know, fill in the blank. That's what we say, right? But we don't say, hold up, what's with this music that's encouraging my son to pop pills? What's with this music that's encouraging my son to pick up a gun? What's, what's going on? What's with this music that's encouraging my son to use women for sex and not want to be a provider and protector of them what's going on here but we don't say anything we don't say anything and uh you know we're suffering now and we're going to continue to suffer and the suffering is just going to get worse and this isn't sister nora or nora speaks being a doomsday preacher but i'm just saying that you know this is going to run its eventual course and if we don't try to intervene and make a difference then we're in for a world of trouble. I mean, Spotify is going to censor, or well, they are censoring Joe Rogan by removing some of his episodes. But is Cardi B still on Spotify? Can can our children still get Megan The Stallion's content on Spotify? I would love Megan The Stallion to make great content, but I'm just not aware of any. I would love for Cardi B to make great content and to make a lot of money doing what she loves. But if what she loves is producing garbage for our young people, that shouldn't be on Spotify. If it's damaging, if it's hurtful, right? I mean, isn't, isn't this why Spotify is removing Joe Rogan's uh, episodes because of the hurtful, harmful, dangerous, damaging language that he may have used? But we can still go on and we can find all manner of debasing and degrading content that's targeting the urban community, that's targeting the black minds of our young people. So, you know, I'm not um, expecting Spotify. I'm not expecting legislators. I'm not expecting the PTA to uh, care about our children, but I'm expecting us to care about our children. And uh, I would like to see more people speak up about this. Because our apathy is showing, come on black community, our apathy is showing for us not to utter a word about the content. So whatever side we are on with whether uh, Whoopi Goldberg should have been taken off the view or should stay on the view, whether Joe Rogan's episode should come off, stay on, regardless of all of that, I'm just asking us to show some concern about our young people. I am going to include a short um, bit of uh, a young brother named Juice World, an artist who unfortunately overdosed. I'm going to include lyrics from his song. I believe his song is called Maze. I'm going to include lyrics. Uh, I'm not going to include the music because I don't own the rights to it and didn't get permission. But you will hear me um, speaking the lyrics to one of his songs, and and the lyrics show how this young brother was suffering. This young p- brother was in pain, stuck in a maze. Everything's okay, but it's not really okay. My life's a death race. I'm numbing my pain with codeine rain. I'm going insane. Life's not the same. Stuck in a maze. I'm not going anywhere. My brain is going everywhere. I'm tormented every day. Mama, I'm losing my mental. The sorrows that I've been through, story to be continued. I sip ill, pop pills, crack seals, doing anything to numb the way that I feel. Yeah, I chase thrills, you still chasing Hot Wheels. Ride a dirt bike down the ditch, see if I live. I knock my subconscious unconscious. They tell me that they can help me. I got this. Watch this. I took my demons to the bank of life and I made the biggest deposit. Without drugs, I'm losing my logic. These pills and my pro tools still got logic. And so his music and music just like this is paying repetitiously for our young people to consume. And when you hear something repetitiously it becomes familiar to you and at the time that this song was produced I remember hearing about how our young people was having they were having uh this suicide culture developed where our young people were talking about suicide they were talking about depression they were talking about just how sad they were at the same time that this artist released this music and I remember thinking um I don't remember I don't I didn't know that black people talked about pills and I mean sure weed and, and 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 liquor but black people are now talking about pills and you know it's it's not my music it's not my generation um and you know I don't plug into the men's music as much as I plug into what's the women are saying you know for obvious reasons and I listened to this and I understood, I understood why that idea or that culture was so predominant in that generation. And, you know, I'll say, I'll say, and I, and I talked about this in episode 180 about how the uh, in the United Kingdom, there's a certain committee that is investigating the nudge unit. It's a governmental unit that is, um, primarily responsible for uh, encouraging or disencouraging their citizens from engaging in behaviors without having to pass legislation. It's called the Nudge Unit. And the, this committee in the United Kingdom, they're investigating this unit because of the way they use words to instill, instill fear, panic, and shame to encourage uh, the citizens in the UK to abide by COVID-19 precautions that were um, promoted by the government. And psychologists came out and said that this um, this was wrong, that this unit should not have done this, that government should not have employed these tactics because words do matter. Words matter. And so we are saturating our young people with words and content that's damaging and dangerous to mental health and our apathy is showing while we sit and we do nothing and we say nothing. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. Until next time, stay in peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. You're on the lookout for a new episode coming at you fresh next week and as always if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noramuhammad.com. Or if you have a listener question, email me at infonoraspeaks.com. At you can also follow the Nora Speaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nora Speaks Podcast. I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. If this show has value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.